0: Now, if you take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter one, Romans chapter one, I want to talk to you today about the great exchange, the great exchange. I know what some of you think. That's what my husband got me for Christmas. I took it back. We're not talking about returning of the Christmas gifts. We're talking about another type of exchange. This summer, whenever I traveled to Israel and Jordan, our guide would take us to a place where we could exchange our currency before we went shopping. And they would say that the dollar is equal to one point so many. It's the new Israeli shekel. It is, N-I-S. There are coins that are 5, 10, and 50. agarots, they're like a cent. And there's also coins that are 1, 5, and 10 shekel coins and 20, 50, 100, 200 shekel bills that would be equivalent to our dollars. When you've never used particular currency, and then we also went into Jordan, and we went into Jordan, we exchanged some of our dollars for Jordanian currency. When you've never done that before, you need someone to teach you because you don't know the value of each bill or each coin. And I felt kind of dumb saying, I felt. You ever watch a little kid whenever they go to the store with their mom, and they say they hold out their hands and let the let the person take the quarter out of their hand because they don't know what it's worth or how much it cost. And I felt really dumb doing that, but that's kind of what I had. The shopkeeper was insulted when I tried to give him ten cents for their souvenirs or the equivalent of that. I didn't like it when I found out I had paid seven dollars for a can of soda. You know, I was like, Hey, wait a minute. And the lady who was in charge, Amy, she would help us and she would teach us, but you'd hold out your money. And and do I have enough? You felt kind of foolish. Now, there are many places that other currency will not be accepted. When we were in Jerusalem, myself and two other men decided to go for a walk through what's known as Hezekiah's Tunnel. Hezekiah's Tunnel is a water shaft that's cut through solid rock, Thousands of years ago, underground in the ancient city of David. Jerusalem has a part of it that's known as the city of David, and it's about, I believe it's 10 or 13 acres. That's the size of Jerusalem whenever David was king. It wasn't a real big area. But there's a whole lot of stuff that took place there. And some suggest that the portions of these tunnels and shafts that we walk through went back even to the time of David or before David. And you would walk through these different tunnels and shafts, and it provided access to water even during times of siege. So they could be in the city, and while they were under siege, it would provide them access to water supply. And you'd go through this tunnel, and then you would step into, you step through a hole in the wall, a hole in the rock, and you could hear water running. And you'd just step down into the water, and it was completely dark. And if you didn't have a flashlight, it was completely, I mean, there was no light there. If you didn't have a flashlight, and if you did have a flashlight, one of your people in front of you had a flashlight. The walls were about like this, and just maybe just almost tall enough for me to walk through. And water's running through it under your feet, and sometimes up to, well, my shorts got wet. So it's kind of crazy getting in there. And um, we walk through it, and you walk for about 35 minutes, And you come out and you're at the bottom of the hill. Now, because my shoes were wet, I hadn't planned on doing this. My shoes were wet, my pants were wet. You know how it is when it's really hot and your pants are wet and you go walking around. I didn't want to do that. So we found out, how do we get back up to the top of the hill? Well, they said you can walk or we have some vans over here and it'll cost you so much. And so we agreed, the three of us agreed quickly that, We're not walking up the hill. We're going to pay the van. Now, when we get in the van to pay the guy, we didn't have enough shekels. But we had U.S. money. And so we paid the guy. Now, we give him our money. He turns the van around. And then another driver comes running out. And I guess this guy wasn't the regular driver. He was filling in because, you know, the other guy was maybe gone somewhere else or in the bathroom. I don't know. And so uh, he gets us turned around. We'd already paid him. And so this other guy hops in and he takes us up the hill. Well, he gets up to a stop sign. The traffic is backed up. And so we get out and, and we walk across the street and start walking the rest of the way to our destination. And then as we're walking up the thing, we hear this guy beeping the horn and yelling, at, yelling and stuff. We just keep walking. And you look over, what's all this commotion? It's this van driver. And he's yelling at us. And he's saying that we didn't give him enough money. And he shows us the Israeli coins that we had given him. But if I remember correctly, maybe the other guy had kept the dollar bills. Or it was a quarters, and I forget exactly how it was. But we had given him enough. When you exchange the currency, we had given him actually more than enough. But he was saying we hadn't paid him. And so we try to explain to him that we had paid him. Now, in Israel, over in those countries, I don't know if you know this, people scream and holler at each other. It is nothing. You know, like the first time, I was like, oh, cool. What's going on here? You know, you see the bus driver. They'll beep and yell at people at the restaurant. The owner of the restaurant, hummus, is this, it's this lousy stuff. Anyone know what hummus is? It's really not that good. You dip your bread and stuff in it. What is it made of? Chickpeas. Chickpeas. It's terrible. And it's oily and and it's not really that good. And so I couldn't understand because they were yelling in another language. But they were yelling at each other. We're in this restaurant and this lady says something. And all I could hear was they were screaming at each other. And then you hear hummus. And then they yell some more. And then hummus. Hummus. And he runs, and they, she gets up and screams, and their husband's sitting there, and everyone at the table, and they just scream at each other at the top of their lungs. And I, I was over there. I crossed my arms. I'm like, Oh my goodness, these people are going to be fighting. They, they were ready to leave. No, no, let's see. Let's see. I think she's going to slap him. So in their culture, you saw it numerous times: people screaming and hollering at each other. Well, I don't. You know, where I grew up, like if people screamed and holler at you. You better get ready because I think someone's going to hit you. Or you might hit them. So this guy starts to scream at us. And we try to explain to him. And I just say, hey, man, we paid you. Take a hike. I'm not yelling at you. And he's not going to yell at me. So we start to, we walk off. And he's screaming and hollering. And part of the reason is because we didn't have the correct currency that he was looking for. Okay? He thought that we had ripped him off. There's another place that... If you don't have the correct currency, it won't work. Imagine on a Wednesday evening, you've rushed home from work, maybe came directly from work, you didn't have time to get anything to eat, and you come back to the vending machine in the fellowship hall. You know what will hit the spot when you start to get one of those headaches? A Coke and a Reese's peanut butter cup, right? Just kind of take the edge off for you. A little bit of caffeine flowing through your veins, And you go back there, if you reach into your pocket and you pull out pesos, they're not going to work here. Now, we need to understand that every currency does not operate in the same everywhere. And our theme for 2013 is no regrets. Can I tell you some things about regrets? The first thing is this. It is possible to exchange eternal things for temporal things. And it's possible to exchange temporal things for eternal ones. Huh? I didn't know that you could do that. Listen to me. It's possible to exchange eternal things for temporal things... And it's possible to exchange temporal things for eternal ones. Romans chapter 1 verse 21 says this. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise they became fools, and listen to what it says, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being, and birds, and animals, and reptiles. Therefore God gave them over in their sinful desires, and the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another, And verse 25 says, They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. I want to make sure that you and I understand this truth. If you do it in advance, this is a key point. If you do it in advance... When can this happen? In advance. If you do it in advance, you can exchange temporal things for eternal ones. But you've got to do it beforehand. At that moment when you need it, you can't exchange it then. But if you do it in advance, you can exchange temporal things for eternal ones. And unfortunately, you and I can exchange eternal things... For temporal as well. In this life, I can take something that is eternal and I can squander it. I can give it in exchange for something that is temporal, for something that will not last. I can waste it. The scripture says they exchange the glory of the immortal God for idols. It says they exchange the truth about God for a lie. And friends, every day, people are making a great exchange. When I grew up, my neighbor's name was Mickey. And we used to have Matchbox and Hot Wheel cars. And he liked to trade me. When I go over to his house, he had, remember the Hot Wheel racetracks? He would have the racetrack set up and somehow he was a couple years older he would have like these old beat up matchboxes like with the hard wheels and somehow they would beat my new hot wheels down the track and then he had convinced me to trade him because his cars were faster than mine and he was helping me out and i'd always come out i'd always come out at the bad end of the stick there So there's exchanges that are made all the time. Men and women are exchanging the blessings of God for temporal things. Men and women are giving up the intimacy with God for the pleasures of the moment. It's possible in this life, what an incredible thought, that I can make a decision now to exchange. They said today, exchange the glory of God. For images that were idols. That were made like birds and man. It says that they exchanged the truth about God. And they believed a lie. Now the second thing I want you to understand is this. When we're talking about regrets. You will always. Look to the person next to you. And say always. You will always regret. Exchanging spiritual things. For temporal ones. No matter how good the deal looks. No matter how appealing it is. No matter what the press about it is. And how you're going to beat it this time. I want you to know this. You will always regret. Exchanging spiritual things. Eternal things. For temporal ones. From the Old Testament. Where we read this week we find someone who's the poster boy for poor exchanges. You know what his name was? Esau. In Genesis chapter 25, verse 29, if you want to turn there. As you're turning there, I believe we should be at Genesis 36 by now, right? I hope that you're doing that. I know, you know, don't be afraid just to turn on the, someone said, overheard that someone said, it's legal if we listen to it. Yeah, it's okay. You can listen to it. Genesis chapter 25, verse 29. It says, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. And he said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That's why he was also called Edom. And Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. Jacob was an opportunist, wasn't he? I mean, he was an opportunist but at least he saw things that were of value. I mean, we know Jacob was wrong in his deception, but he was someone who saw value. And he said to him, Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What a lie. What an exaggeration. How many times do we say that when there's something that we want? How many times we say, well, I just can't make it. I, I, oh, I, I'm not going to be able to do it if I can't get it. He lied to himself. He deceived himself. He exaggerated. He says, I'm about to die. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew he ate and drank, and then he got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. Now, the birthright, what was that? Now, a lot of people will focus upon the fact that the firstborn was, he was to receive, if like, a double portion of inheritance, okay? If you had three children, instead of dividing your inheritance by three, you would divide it by four, and one would get a double portion. Okay, if you had if you had two children, uh, you would divide it by three, and one would get two thirds, and the other one would get a third. So he would get a double portion. Some people focus upon that, but the birthright also carried with it some very special spiritual privileges and responsibilities. The firstborn son inherited the leadership and the priesthood of the family. Or tribe. He was the spiritual leader. He was not only the leader, but he was the priest. He was considered the priest of that line, of that family. Esau is someone that Scripture warns us not to be like. You know what it says in Hebrews 12. It says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterwards, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. Now, friend, there is a spiritual connection between that and what's going to happen in eternity. There's going to be a lot of people who have sold their spiritual birthright. They've made this exchange. They've agreed to this bad deal of, okay, I'll give you this for your spiritual blessing. I'll give you this for your place of spiritual leadership. I'll give you this for those spiritual rights that you hold on to. And there's going to be many people who at Judgment Day and and in eternity, they're going to wish that they could go back and undo the deal that they made. But then it will be eternally too late. Can you imagine what Esau thought? Man, for for a stinking bowl of soup, a bowl of stew, I gave up my birthright. But the unfortunate thing is sometimes in the moment... It seems like a good deal. You ever notice that? I think I'm preaching to somebody right now. Sometimes in the moment, it seems like an irresistible deal. Well, I'm going to die. I have a right. I want it. Sometimes in the moment, it seems like wow, this is awesome. And all the while, the enemy's laughing. There's another sucker. There's another one who I took advantage of. And people exchange the glory of God. They exchange the truth of God for idols. They say for lies. And Esau, whenever later on he realizes what he'd done and he wanted to undo it, but he couldn't then. It was already done. Do you see what Esau did? He exchanged the spiritual blessing. The right and the privilege to be the priest and the leader of a family for a bowl of stew. Something that would satisfy his momentary hunger. He despised the birthright and the blessings and privileges that went with it. And there are men and women who do this every day by the choices that they make. They forfeit the blessings and the privileges of intimacy with God and spiritual leadership. Because they want their own way for a moment. Have you ever noticed that? If sometimes where it just seems like, I gotta have it, I want my way, they forfeit that intimacy with God for what they want. Please just let that sink in for a minute. Your right to spiritual leadership is forfeited every time you buy into the flesh. Isn't it true? Your intimacy with God. It's compromised. Every time you go ahead and say, hey, the world's about me and the world's about right now and the world's about what I want, my selfishness, my self-centeredness, my desires, whatever those are. You lose intimacy with God and you lose the right to be in that place of spiritual authority when you compromise with this world. The third thing. This part here is a little better. You'll never regret exchanging temporal things for eternal ones. You'll never regret it. I was talking with someone the other day. Actually, it was my dad. I think it was on Sunday. And I was talking about the message earlier Sunday. And I said this. And I think that was the Holy Spirit that brought it to my mind. Do you realize that we can exchange temporal things for eternal ones? Do you realize that? You ever notice when we're playing Monopoly? Like, oh man, I owe you $70,000 because you have all these houses on your property or I owe you $20,000. Ah, at the end of the Monopoly game, how many would like it if you could exchange those Monopoly dollars for real dollars? I'd like that. I'd go out and buy a few more of those Monopoly games. That would be really cool if I could exchange them, but I can't. But in spiritual things, I can exchange temporal things, things that will not last, things that have no eternal value if they continue to stay temporal. I can give them now in exchange for eternal things. Wow. What do I have? What do I have that's a value in my life? If you knew that someone was looking for worn-out T-shirts and old towels that are kind of like threadbare, and if you knew that they're giving $25,000 for old, worn-out, Fruit of the Loom T-shirts, how many of you guys would like be running to your house? You'd be like, I got some in the rag bag. It's a collector, some crazy collector from S- Saudi Arabia and he wants old, worn-out T-shirts, Fruit of the Loom T-shirts, that have like yellow stains in the armpit, and kind of a tear. You know, like a tear, the seam's coming loose. He's looking for those, and he says, for every Fruit of the Loom T-shirt that you can find, I'll give you $25,000. We'd be going out to the garage, we'd be getting in our rag bag, we'd be going through the house, we'd be calling up our family, we'd be searching everywhere we could, because I didn't realize that Old worn out Fruit of the Loom t-shirts are of value. I didn't know that these were of value. You would go through your house and you would find them and you'd go chase that Saudi Arabian guy down and find him and say, here's a box full of t-shirts. Well, wait a minute, they got stains on them. No, it doesn't matter. As long as they say Fruit of the Loom on the back, I'll give you $25,000 for them. You'd go through your whole house. You'd go through your attic. You'd go through every single drawer. You'd be searching for them. In a spiritual sense, there are temporal things that if you wait for a while, they're not going to be of any value. But now, if you're willing, you can exchange them and they will be of eternal value. You'll never lose. They will always, they will always have great value if you exchange them now. Now, what do you mean, pastor? Well, listen to the scripture, Mark chapter 8. Mark 8, 34, it talks about Jesus says, Then he called a crowd to him, along with his disciples, and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can man give in exchange for a soul i want you to get this in your heart i can exchange things that won't last for things that will first corinthians 9 verse 24 says this do you not know that in a race all the runners run but only one gets the prize run in such a way as to get the prize Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. James 1.12 Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. This is what I'm saying to you. In this life, before I die, while I am living, I can exchange temporal things for eternal ones. When you give service to other people, you're exchanging temporal things for eternal ones. There's a lady down the street. She's a widow lady or a single mom. Her furnace breaks down. And you happen to be able to fix a furnace or to do some type of repair. When you go down, if she pays you, you've received your reward. But those times that you go down there and she says, well, what do you Don't worry about it. I'm happy to do that for you. Did you really want to come out at 1130 at night? Probably not. But you do it in the name of the Lord. There's a reward for that. Oh, pastor. No, my friend, there's a reward. The times that you, those of you who who you take your time in service of other people. You know, when we give of ourselves, you got two blenders. And you know, the people down the street, or the lady's blenders broke. She told you her blender broke. And, and instead of, instead of giving her the one that's like 13 years old, you give her the good one. Like, why am I doing that? There's a reward. There is a reward when you take the things that you have. You can exchange, listen to me, you can exchange material things. You can't buy God's favor. But when you give to the poor, when you serve those who are in need, when you help with the furtherance of the gospel... You are exchanging things that are temporal for things that are eternal. Your time now. Your time. Your service. You say, you know what? During the summer, a lot of times twice a week, Sonny comes up and he takes care of the church property. He mows the lawn, blows the sidewalks off, blows the grass off, runs the trimmer, takes care of the church property. Do you know what Sonny is doing? He is storing up, listen to me, he's storing up for himself treasures in heaven where moth and rust can't destroy, where thieves cannot break in and steal. When he takes the time to do that, whenever Brian came in and, and finished all of the drywall, we remodeled his church, and he'd come in and he would come in late at night and in the evenings and stuff, and he finished the drywall and sanded. He wasn't just doing, He listen to me, He wasn't just doing a service project. He wasn't just doing a favor. He was exchanging his time, his skills, and his gifts for an eternal reward that can never be taken. Listen to me. Please listen to this part. It can never be taken away. When you have a burden for a mission or teen challenge, you have a heart... To see unwed mothers be cared for. And you gather new blankets and take it down to the pregnancy center. You save your coupons. You save coupons, Pastor? You save the coupons and you go and buy one, get one free for the baby formula. Ah, what are you doing? You're storing up treasures in heaven that cannot be taken away from you. Oh, pastor, come on. That doesn't seem very spiritual. I should be like praying in tongues all the time. I should be laying hands on the sick. Well, you can do both, friends. You can do both. When you take your time and you invest in a young person, in all of the years that Vicky and Karen worked in the back with our teenagers, and they taught those students, our youth group, you know what? They're storing up treasures. They are investing in the kingdom of God. They took that four hours to prepare, that it takes to prepare their teaching or their message, and the hours that it took to come and teach, and they exchanged time, which is temporal, which is gone. Once it's gone, it's gone. They exchanged time for an eternal reward, an eternal blessing. I didn't know I could do that. You sure can. What some of you need to be doing is you need to be looking around your house and around your life, and you need to be saying, what can I exchange? What is it that I can exchange that's temporal for something that's eternal? Listen to this portion of Scripture, Matthew chapter 10, verse 37 through 42. Who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter, More than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. This is this great exchange. If I want to really find life, I have to lose it. If I want to be first, I got to be last. If I strive to be first, I'm going to end up in the back. That's what his promises are. He who receives you, that Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And he who receives me, receives the one who sent me. And anyone who receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. And anyone who receives a righteous man, because he is Righteous, will receive a righteous man reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. The scripture says that if I receive a prophet, and what that would be talking about is if I show hospitality to a prophet. And that was really big in their culture and in their time. If I bring a prophet into my home and and I care for him, and I provide lodging for him, and I provide food for him. In other words, if I take care of him and meet his needs, that he will receive the same reward that the prophet receives. And if I give a cup of, it says, even if you give a cup of cold water, You will not, to one of these little ones, because of me. What's that talking about? That's talking about the motivation for which we're doing it. That when I give to see the kingdom of God advance. When I deny myself to see the kingdom of God advance. When I serve to see the kingdom of God advance. You know, there's things, can we be honest There's times where we don't feel like serving. There's times where we get tired and we say, you know what? It's about time. I've been doing this for blah, blah, blah. It's about time for somebody else to get off their can. Look at all these people around here. None of them doing it. About time for them. I'm getting tired. I'm getting old. I've been doing this long enough. It's about time for someone else to go ahead and start picking up the weight around here. I've been beating this horse. It's been pulling. I'm getting tired. Don't stop now. Don't you stop now, well, Pastor? People take advantage of me. Yeah, you're right. They do. The more they take advantage of you, the bigger your stinking reward's gonna be. Don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't let him deceive you now. Don't let him trick you now. Don't let him. That stinking Mickey grabbed, and he would do this to me all the time. Ah, yeah, I don't want to. Well, my car is faster. I don't think I should trade with you. And before we, oh, come on, Mickey, we'll trade. Okay, and there goes my brand new Hot Wheels. (laughs) And that's what the enemy does to us. He says to you, it's not worth it. You deserve more. Why are you doing without? Why are you making these sacrifices? Whatever you and I do, when we do it for God, I don't care how insignificant it looks to other people. I don't care how many people don't see it. You may say, Pastor, this picking up my cross, this has been me just like keeping my mouth shut. This is, just, uh, I know what you're talking, it's been me keeping my mouth shut when other people get on my nerves and I want to like slap them. That's the cross you've been bearing. And when you do that, you receive a reward. You're exchanging temporal things for eternal and you will never, ever, ever regret that. Now, as we close, this is what I want to call you to. I want you to, to think about this as we leave. Where have you been lied to? Where has the enemy told you it's not worth Nah, you, you don't you don't want that property. Huh? You ever see someone do that? Oh this property's a piece of junk. Gen- I wouldn't I wouldn't live here. No. But that, that's the buyer who's you know, the guy who's trying to buy the house. Oh yeah. Oh they got a problem here, yeah, this oh yeah, yeah. And then they walk out and they you know, they beat the people out of more money and then they walk out and they buy it right up. And that's what the enemy's trying to do with us. He's lying to you. He's trying to deceive you. Don't believe his lies. As we close, as to say to you, will you search your life and just say, "Lord, thank you." Those places that you have been faithfully exchanging temporal things for eternal. Will you just let the Lord just begin to, Lord, just show me some of those things, some of those words. You know what my name means. Before I was born, the Lord gave my mom my name. She was going to call me something else, and. Uh, She had a dream, and she felt like God gave her the name Stephen. Stephen means, when I was in Israel, it's Kater. It means crowned one. You know what I want? I want to be able to live up to what my name means. Crowned one. What? That we've exchanged, that we've lived in such a way that when we stand before him, we've exchanged as much as we can in this life. I brought back coins for my kids, and can I tell you what I did? I exchanged the shekels, because I wanted to bring them, don't tell them this. I brought them back Jordanian coins and Israeli coins, money. I exchanged the higher denominations for regular, just like the cheaper coins, like part of a shekel, that kind of thing, and, and whatever the Jordanian money. I didn't ha- bring back like $50 in Israeli money because it wouldn't do me any good because it was just a souvenir, okay? Okay. And when you leave this world, can I say to you this? That you exchange as much as you possibly can. That you don't leave this world with a whole bunch of time or energy or resources or talents left over. But you exchange as much as you can for those things that are eternal. And you know, the scripture says that we're going to be able to lay our crowns at his feet. We're going to receive crowns. We're going to receive rewards. The rewards that will last forever. But we're going to be able to lay them at his feet. In worship and in praise. Because doesn't he deserve? Doesn't he deserve your obedience? Doesn't he deserve your surrender? Doesn't he deserve your service? Doesn't he deserve your life and your resources? Doesn't he deserve it? So Father God, we pray that as we leave here this morning, I pray that we would be a people, people who take part in the great exchange, that we exchange things that are temporal, things that in a few moments and just a vapor, just a short period of time will have no value to us. May we find ways, Lord, to leverage our lives, invest our lives, our resources, our talents, and to things that will last long after we are gone. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.